Will you pray with me for just a minute? Father God, thank you for uh, today. Thank you for the opportunity to be ministered to by our kids. God, uh, you, you mentioned uh, when you were with us here on earth um, that the faith of children is the faith that we should all strive for. Uh, you didn't keep them away. You, you invited them close. And this morning we saw that as well. So Lord, may the hope that our kids showed us this morning resonate in our hearts for this week as we prepare for Christmas. Uh, may it be May their joy uh, be contagious so that the hope of Christmas uh, live in all of our hearts. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. So I am so glad we got to do the Christmas program again this year. We didn't get to last year. It was a messed up year. Um, but it, it, for me, there's nothing better than hearing kids uh, singing and ministering to us, because, uh, especially at Christmas time, because Christmas season is defined by, by hope. And, and to me, there's nothing more hopeful uh, than a bunch of kids. Um, actually, it, I think that when we hear kids sing, it, it does, at least for me, it does something inside of our hearts to, get, to create a, a kind of joy you don't get anywhere else. One of my favorite movie scenes uh, around Christmas time, uh, maybe of all of them, is actually in a movie you may have heard of. It's called Home Alone. Anybody know that one? Yeah? In Home Alone, there's a scene, and right before, right before all the mayhem starts, right, they have this little heartwarming thing uh, where Kevin goes into the church, and there's a group, there's a children's choir singing Oh Holy Night. Um, and that, to me, is just a magical scene. Uh, it, for something about it, uh, draws me into the Christmas time, gives me, me hope and joy. Um, he also, that's the scene where he meets the scary old guy, remember, right? And they actually bond and become friends. And then he does a whole bunch of damage that should kill Joe Pesci. Um, it doesn't, so that's good. And then, and then the end, there's redemption. By the way, fun fact, uh, do, so all throughout Home Alone, Joe Pesci is always going like, fricka, 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 you know, like that. Uh, do you know why he does that? I watched uh, a documentary on it, and it's because he couldn't stop cursing, right? And so he had to do something, and so he just did that instead. So now you know, a little fun fact, um, when you watch Home Alone. So it doesn't have anything to do with anything else I'm going to say, but you know that fun fact now. All right. So I understand you kids are here, so I'm just going to do a simple message this morning, uh, and I want to talk to you guys. So if you have answers for me, let's talk back and forth. Sound good? Make, feel free to shout them out. If you don't want to, you don't have to. I saw some of you just glare at me, which happened a couple times during this service so far. Um, but uh, that's okay. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Um, but how many of you have ever heard the Christmas story before? Yeah? Lots of you? How many of you ever heard of someone called Herod? Yeah? You know Herod from the story? In the Christmas story, was Herod a good guy or a bad guy? Bad guy, right? right? He wasn't a very nice person in that story. But I want to tell you something. Because in history, there was, the Bible tells us about, a lot about history, and there were other people in history too that, that were Greek and Roman, and they would write about people. And so they wrote about Herod, and they gave him a nickname. Does anybody know what the nickname they gave to Herod was? I didn't think you would. The nickname they gave to Herod is Herod the Great, actually, believe it or not. Did you guys know that? Do you guys know why they called him Herod the Great? Because like we said in the Bible, he, he was the king that tried to kill Jesus, which is a bad thing, right? And so why would they call him Herod the Great then? Do you know? That's part of it. He was a king for a while. Actually, the reason... Go ahead. It was their kid. That's all. good answers. Really good. 
Right. So, what, well, the biggest reason, though, is that Herod was really, really good at building things. So he built a whole bunch of things all over Israel. And actually, a lot of them are even still around. We have pictures of them. So here's some of the things that Herod built. So that is a, is a fort that he built to protect the region, and we still have it. It looks old, but when it was built, it looked really, really good. We've got some other things as well. This next one is part of a gigantic palace called Masada, right, where it was, it was humongous on top of a hill. It was supposed to be really, really, really pretty. Unfortunately, some people smashed it, so that's no good, right? But th- those are some parts of it. He built, so Herod built aqueducts, he built arenas, he built gigantic palaces. He actually built something that was really, really important uh, in Israel. He built the temple. So there was, a t- there was a temple in Israel. So I actually have one picture of what's left of the temple. Unfortunately, someone smashed that too. Uh, this is one wall of the temple that Herod built. It's still in Israel. You could see it if you went there today. He built a- Solomon had built the first temple. Somebody smashed that. And then Herod built another one in the middle of Jerusalem. Uh, and it was supposed to be unbelievably beautiful. And so from the rest of the world's perspective, they looked at what Herod built, all the different big, amazing things they built, and they went, you know what, this guy's pretty great. Because to them, greatness was what you built, what you made, what you produced, what, what, those great things. What you accomplished made them great. See, the thing is, a lot of people believe that big things or what you do is what makes you great. What you accomplish is what makes you great. But like you said already, as we read through the Bible, the Bible doesn't think Herod was all that great. And there's a reason for that, too. It's because Herod wasn't a very nice person, right? He didn't Herod actually didn't even realize that Jesus was coming until the wise men or the magi, some of you played those guys today, right? A little beard envy there on that one. That's good. Uh, Herod didn't even know Jesus was coming until they showed up and told him. And then when he found out, what did he try to do? He He did, right? He got super, super jealous that Jesus was being born and he wanted to get rid of him. But you know why he wanted to get rid of him? Because he wanted to be the only king. Because he believed that greatness was only based on all the things that he did and built. And so if somebody came and built bigger or greater things, he wouldn't be great anymore, would he? And he didn't want that. He, he knew, actually, because of the way that he built things, that people didn't really like him. He was actually really mean to them. He would either make them work without paying them, or if he did pay them, he wouldn't pay them very much. Or what he used to pay him, he actually took from other people. So people didn't like him at all. And so he knew that if somebody else were to come, come along and do great things, then he wouldn't be great anymore, and he got really jealous of that. And so what, he, what Herod actually did is he called the wise men and he says to them, hey, you guys go and find Jesus, and when you find him, come tell me about him because I'm going to go worship him too, he said, right? Was he telling the truth? He wasn't, was he? Actually, we read about it in Matthew 2. It says this, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, uh, and uh, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On, the com- on coming on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. See, Herod tried to trick the Magi. He told them to go find Jesus and tell him about him because he was going to do something horrible. But luckily, they listened to God and ended up going back on a different way. Now, it's really, really easy sometimes, I think, for us to think the same way Herod did. Have you ever felt like you weren't all that great? Yeah, some of you have, right? It's easy to think that way, right? There's, because if we start looking at what we can do, we can always find someone who can run faster than we can, right? Especially me. I'm not very fast. Or who gets better grades maybe in school, right? So sometimes we don't feel all that great. Or is a better artist, can draw better than we, are, we can, or a better singer, or better at video games. Maybe some of you are the best. I don't know. Anybody? Nobody? You? Yeah, a couple here. We'll have to see. But it's easy to think like Herod did, right? That, that, that what makes us great are the things that we can do, and if people can do them better than us, then we're not so great, right? It's the reason that Herod got upset. Right? His greatness was weak. It wasn't very meaningful. <clears throat> but... Jesus, on the other hand, he came to change what it means to be great altogether. Do you know what the word Emmanuel means? Anybody know what that means? What does it mean? God was sort of close, very, very close. What's that? God with us, right? So you guys combine it together, we nailed it. Well done. The word Emmanuel means God with us. It's what Christmas is all about. It's, it's the, if you want to have one word about what Christmas is all about, Emmanuel is the best one because it's about God coming to be with us. But Jesus coming to be with you and me. You see, Herod was afraid of Jesus because with, with Jesus coming, he was saying, you aren't great because of what you do or what you can build or these amazing buildings that you might make. Jesus says, you're not great because of those things. He says, you're great because you're you, because God created you like this. Jesus says, you're great because of that. And he, he says, and no one can take that from you, right? It doesn't matter what anybody else does or says, you're great because God made you who you are, right? That's what Jesus says at Christmas. He changed the way the world sees great. It's not about Herod anymore and his, the way he sees greatness. It's about the way God says to you that you guys are great. See, Jesus changes everything. Actually, in another place in the Bible, it's a book called Philippians. It says this, Philippians 2, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage, but rather made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. You see, what that means, and I know it's a little complicated, but what it says is that greatness isn't about what you do, or how powerful you are, or, or how good you are at things. Jesus says greatness isn't what Herod thought it was at all. He says, greatness is trying to be like Jesus himself. He says, about seeing each and every person as being valuable. He says, greatness is doing everything that we can to care for one another. It's to make ourselves nothing so other people can, can be happy and healthy and whole, right? That's what Jesus says greatness is, and he completely changes it because that's not how Herod did it at all. So, next week is Christmas. And I'm wondering if you all can help me make this the greatest Christmas we've ever had. Can you guys help me with that? You know how, you don't even know what I'm going to ask you to do yet, but I appreciate it. But we're going to make it the greatest, not because we're going to try to get a bunch of cool stuff, though hopefully we'll get a little bit, right? We want a present or two, or no? Yeah. No? Somebody said no. Oh, man. All right. 
No, what we're going to do this Christmas is we're going to realize that Jesus thinks you're great. It's so great, in fact, that he wanted to come and be with you and he wants a relationship with every single one of you. And then, because Jesus thinks you're great, this is the hard part. This is where I'm going to ask you guys to do something. Because Jesus thinks you're great and he comes to be with you, but then he also wants you to know that he thinks everyone around you is great too. Like your brothers and sisters, they're great too. So he wants you to see them that way too. Can you do that? Oh, some of you can't, you said, but you know what? That's, I get it. I have a couple brothers too. But that's the point of Christmas, is that Jesus says it's not about what you do or how much you think they're annoying or not. He says that because he made you, he thinks you're great. He thinks your brothers and sisters are great. He thinks your moms and dads are too, and your grandpas and grandmas. And he wants you to treat each and every person like that's true. Can we do that this Christmas? Uh, at least that's a step in the right direction. We'll try, right? We'll try. So, if we can make this the greatest Christmas, we do it by being like Jesus. And what that means is we treat each other like Jesus did. Right? It means we're going to try to be a little bit nicer to our siblings. Right? A little bit nicer. I'm gonna, I know I've said that a lot of times, but it's because I don't think it's sinking in for everybody yet. <laughs> What if we make it the greatest Christmas by being nicer to our siblings or maybe helping mom and dad clean up after we do all the different Christmas activities or making sure that we thank our grandpa and grandmas for all the things that they do for us too and make them feel special? What if we do everything we can do this Christmas to make it great by making sure that other people feel like they're great because Jesus loves them? Can we do that? Yeah? Yes? How about everybody say yes at the same time even if you don't mean it? Yes. Hey, there we go. Look at that. Great takeaway. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up there because I'm quickly losing the crowd, right? You got about 10 minutes when you got the littles. I'll wrap it up this way. Like I, like I mentioned before, the word that, that sums up Christmas is the word Emmanuel, the, that God is with us, that, that truthfully he redefined what it means to be great in the world because it's not about what we do or what we produce or what we build. And it's not what Herod thought greatness was. Throughout Scripture, it says to us time and time again that while we were still sinners, Jesus looked at us and said, I care about you, I love you, and I want to be with you. That's the message of Christmas, that Emmanuel comes to be with us, to redefine what greatness is. That greatness is not trying to climb to the top of a mountain and build a giant palace, but instead is making ourselves, that those who put themselves first will be last, and the last will be exalted to greatness. That greatness is about caring for each other in the same way that Jesus did for us, who came from the highest of highs to make himself nothing so that he could be with us. And my challenge to all of you is the same as the ch to the children this year, that can we make this the greatest Christmas by, by seeing each and every person we come in contact with as someone who is loved deeply and great because Jesus loves them. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you again for an opportunity uh, to hear our students and our kids minister to us today. God, may we realize that, that Christmas is a time and a season in which you came to be with us, that you loved us, you mixed all of our failures and the, and the ways that we've fallen short. You loved us not because we did amazing things. Actually, while we were still sinners, while we were still coming up short, you said, I want to be with you. May that resonate in our hearts this Christmas season and throughout this entire year. Amen.